0: A good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Kyle. How are you? <laughs> I'm so
0: good. I'm so good. I was watching you out of the corner of my eye, and I thought, okay, here it comes. And then you were just well, Well, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad you're well.
1: But I was watching you watch me. That's why I said I'm (laughs) just well. I've come up with one of my crazy answers. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No. Well is always good. It is. And crazy answers are fun, too. But well is always good. There's nothing wrong with well. Not at all. Jeff, today I want to talk about the C word. Uh, cancer, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no one really loves to talk about no, that about right? down that road. So, but I know that you've been there, it's an issue that we deal with. Uh, today, I specifically want to talk about a few things that we could try to do, maybe that would help us avoid great together, right? Very those are the things yes. we want to talk about, right? right? So, as you know, you've heard this saying before, we've all heard it. They say that you are what you eat, the food that the body is fed can either make or break your health. We, we know that, we're aware of that. I want to be clear about what I'm about to say. There's no prescribable anti-cancer diet that can nope. protect you from all sorts of cancers. But there are a few things that we can do. Eating a balanced diet with whole grains, fruits, and vegetables, mm-hmm. those things are all going to help fend off cancer in the long run, uh, although they're not going to you know, maybe reverse an, an, an immediate diagnosis or something like that. But these are things that are good for us. We know all those right. things. Uh, we want to try to avoid toxins. Right. Uh, we want to keep our stress to a minimum if we can. Well, yeah. Uh, drinking and smoking are correlated strongly with uh, with cancer. So we, if we can avoid those things or moderate them, those are those are things we want to take a look right. at. So let me get into just a, a few things specifically All right. uh, that we can do to avoid, uh, potentially avoid cancer. The first one is to, as I said, stay away from toxins yes. and uh, even actively detoxify the The first step toward protecting the body against damage from free radicals is to eliminate the toxins from entering the body in the first place. Those darn radicals, they should never be
1: free. They should always be in jail. (laughs) They
0: should always be uh, under lock and key, right? That's right. But here's the thing. We use a lot of products on a daily basis, cosmetics, cleaning supplies, other things, Mm -hmm. uh, without even giving it any thought that are not good for us. Right. Potentially. So, for example, um, several seemingly harmless beauty products contain carcinogens sometimes that we oh. want to be aware of. So it's best to make sure that we read the ingredients on our shampoos and our conditioners and our other uh, personal care products that we use. Uh, we can also, and should be careful with the cleansers that we use in our homes to avoid indoor air pollution. We mm-hmm. can maybe take a look at alternative homemade products without chemicals.
1: Or just have a dirty house. Or you
0: can just have a dirty house. There you go. There's a, that's always a potential solution as well. <laughs> Uh, Consuming food after heating plastic or microwaving plastic materials can sometimes cause interference in the functioning of the neuroendocrine system, which is our uh, skin system. Intermittent fasting can help cleanse the body of toxins, especially through the skin, the kidneys, the respiratory and digestive tracts. And furthermore, green juices, raw foods, lightly steamed vegetables, and drinking alkaline water aids in the process of detoxification as well. It's worth noting that this information all uh, comes from the Medical Daily website. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing that they say that we can do is to avoid burnt food.
1: Well, yeah, that usually tastes better, too, if you avoid, <laughs> avoid, avoid burnt food. Now,
0: that seems obvious, but I know when we grill, a lot of us like to put just a little crust on it. Well, yeah. And they're talking about that as well. Right. So, yeah, like a burnt cake, you probably you want to avoid you that. Probably right? need,
1: you probably wouldn't even consider it but a burnt steak you might
0: well yeah or chicken or whatever you know right. you might consider that so uh, it, when you burn food it does form a um uh, what they call acrimolide and uh, that forms on fried food and exposure to that chemical can increase the risk of cancer avoiding foods that are high in starch content and processed foods can also lower that chemical acrylamide. Um, cakes, fries, crackers, chips, and cookies can be problematic in the long run. So I, knew, we wanna, I knew you were
1: going to eat the good stuff. We
0: just want to be <laughs> cognizant of those things. All the good stuff. High temperatures and heating the food for a long period of time can increase acrylamide levels as well. Boiling and steaming are the safer methods of cooking.
1: You know, I tried boiling my French fries, but these came out a little soggy. They came out soggy. <laughs> they, did, soggy. they didn't come out crisp no, at all. Huh? Not at
0: all. <laughs> Another thing, this is an obvious one. We should really be trying to avoid the processed foods. Refined food products, sugary drinks along with other processed foods can cause health problems if consumed excessively. We know that, right? Right. Organic and whole grain products can be added to the anti-cancer diet to keep the body healthy and intact. And then the last thing that we should do is try to eat the foods that do have cancer-fighting properties. To actively fight the possibility of cancer, we should eat cancer-fighting foods, particularly broccoli, sprouts, cabbage, kale, Cruciferous vegetables are full of antioxidants that help fight breast, colon, prostate, and rectal cancers. Mm -hmm. Foods that are high in vitamin C and A are powerful antioxidants that protect the immune system against various diseases. Uh, Garlic, green tea, olive oil, that all helps reduce inflammation and also prevents damage to the immune system, thereby preventing cancer. And then finally, calcium-rich foods combined with vitamin D3 prevent breast and ovarian cancer. So several things that we can do, just common sense stuff, right? Yeah. Simple common sense stuff that we can do to help, uh, help us be healthy and avoid cancer in the long run. Hopefully today we're visiting with entrepreneur, visionary, leader, author, and public speaker, Kelly Charles, And all around good person. All around good person. Kelly's a repeat guest on the show. We love having her on the show. Uh, she is a cognitive wellness expert, which is kind of a fancy way of saying that she specializes in brain science. She has four kids, six grandkids, and among other things, she loves to stand up paddleboard. Kelly, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. We're always happy to have you on the show.
2: Thank you so much. I love being here.
0: So today we do want to talk a little bit about cognitive wellness. What is it? What is cognitive wellness?
2: You know, there are lots of different ideas about what it is. But if you go to the dictionary and you look it up, in a nutshell... They most often describe cognitive wellness or cognitive health as simply staying sharp in your mind, right? Being in your right mind, being able to think straight, being able to uh, keep track of what's going on around you. In a nutshell, some people mix that up, though, with good physical help and, um, and other things like uh, having a positive mental outlook, being alert, having a good memory, and sometimes even being socially involved.
0: And so when you say mix it up, you, you say they just put that all under the same umbrella. All under the and same is, is umbrella. is that fair to do that?
2: I don't think so.
0: Okay. You think I don't there's think a difference so. I, between I, cognitive wellness and just having positive thoughts?
2: I do because, you know, someone could fall and break a hip. That means they're not in great physical health yeah. because they fall and they're in recovery. Um, but then the bottom line to that is they might be still just as sharp as possible. Yeah. So I don't think it belongs under the same umbrella.
0: So there's a, there's a distinct area that is cognitive wellness. Absolutely. And then there's other things that are good things.
2: Absolutely. Like
0: we're we're not saying that being physically active or f- physically healthy healthy is not a good thing, but it's just a different thing.
2: I th- I think we have to just for the sake of today's discussion, yeah. I think we have to differentiate. Yeah. And that, and that's really the bottom line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to differentiate then. Hey, okay. even though we know that being physically active is good for your brain like it is for your heart, we know that Being positive is good for your mental health. Right. We know all those things. But today we're talking about cognitive wellness, which is going to be its own specific thing. Exactly. Okay. Excellent. So um, with that baseline set and that understanding, how do we have cognitive wellness? How do we do it?
2: This is such an interesting question. You both know, and for our listeners, I have not a long varied history. I got into cognitive wellness and the research about cognitive wellness in a very bizarre way, which would take (laughs) much longer than the 25 minutes we have today. But the bottom line to that is when I figured out that many of our seniors were taught in school that their brains and their bodies were not connected, it really threw me for a loop. And it be—it became sort of my mantra. And here's why I believe that statement. When I would sit down with my seniors, generally speaking, anyone in those days when I was doing my research, anyone over 60... Okay, And you would talk to them, and you would talk to them about the presidential award that they did in schools. Right, yes. It was all about your physical health. But those seniors, that age group was not taught that the foods they ate, the water that they drank, the medicines that they were taking, how their sensory systems were working, how fatigue or lack of sleep played a part in their brain function— Mm-hmm. Or even how physical activity played a, f- a, a huge part in their brain function. I realized that many of the people that were coming to me believed wholeheartedly what the media was teaching them. And that was at a specific age, you absolutely will get dementia. And we
0: know that's not true.
2: And we know that's not true. <laughs> we know it without a doubt. There is no doubt.
1: No, then there's no guarantee they won't come at a younger age either. I mean, it,
2: exactly. But it's a belief system that I kept running into over and over and over again. So as I was teaching, I began to realize that there were certain things I needed to tell people, which brings us to the point of what specifically is a six point. Lifestyle Checklist.
0: We love checklists on this show. I love checklists
2: for sure. They're
0: easy to track. You know what's going on. We're going to go over six things. So
1: get your pens and papers out so you can write these down.
2: Absolutely. Here we go. Number one. Number one. Hydration is first. We've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. Our body's cells, organs, bones, tissue. Blood, everything. It needs water. 70% hydration. Yeah. But our brain to function at its optimal level has to be at 80%. Uh, Now I do a lot of coaching and most of my coaching is with younger people, 35 to 55. I can always tell when that person says to me, my brain is foggy. I can't remember words. I instantly say, how much water are you drinking? And many times they will literally say to me, well, I had a sip. With breakfast this morning yeah or i i swished my mouth out with water <laughs> when i when brushed, I brushed my, my, teeth. my
1: teeth or i had a coke before i came
2: and coke doesn't count i know and you know mean... you've heard me say for those those men that are often in my class they'll say well does my scotch and water count and i'll say yes after the scotch and water's gone and the ice cubes melt
0: right right it's got to be water <laughs> right that's the best
2: so the first thing on the checklist How much water are you drinking? And to figure out how much water your body needs, and we're all different, right? You weigh 200 pounds. You weigh 220 pounds. I (laughs) hope (laughs) to weigh 150 pounds. You know, to figure it out, the easiest way is take your weight, divide it in half, and whatever number you get, turn that into ounces. Okay. So a 150-pound woman needs 75 ounces of water a day.
0: And how many cups is that?
2: I think about it in bottles, okay? Because that's you know I'm still Most out are working, right? So bottles, for me, yeah. I pack five bottles of water, and I drink two before I leave the house, which is extra so you get a so foundation, that I'm fully hydrated. You know, right? you're ready to go, right?
0: So let's see, there's eight ounces in a cup, so right? you're looking at about well eight, eight or so, eight or nine. Eight or nine cups for a 150-pound woman. That's about what we hear all the time. That's conventional wisdom. Uh, I'm not giving you anything new. Maybe a little bit more for someone who has a little more body mass. Right. That's what I'm hearing. So stay hydrated. We like that. We talk about hydration a lot on the show.
2: And this one is so important that it bears just one more thought. At one point, I was working with a woman who came into my facility, and she was shuffling as if she'd had a stroke. And I asked her. Her intake paper did not show that she had had a stroke. And I asked her, have you had a stroke? She said, I feel like I've had a stroke. And I said, let's talk. Her tongue was thick. She was slurring her words. She was only 72, still very young. Yeah. When push came to shove, here was the story. She had had several replacements, a hip, a couple of knees, da-da-da. It went on. The story went on. Over 18 months, it hurt so much for her to get up and go to the bathroom to eliminate she simply stopped, stopped drinking, drinking water, water so she didn't have to. Wow. So when it all came down to it, I said, how many times are you using the restroom each day? She said, one, when I get up in the morning. Wow! Mm. That's well, that dangerous. Gonna that was not going to work. Right? That's, That's not dangerous. Sustainable. Yeah. Right. It's dangerous not only for the body, but it's extremely dangerous for the brain.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Okay. Next thing on the list yes. is nutrition. Now, it's my understanding that you have a website. We do. Okay, so I've actually listed a couple of really, really amazing TED Talks. And I would highly recommend anyone go directly to the website. And the one that I want you to get into, the very first one, is how the food you eat affects your brain. And the woman's name is Mia Nakamuli. It's amazing because if we're not eating the proper foods our brain is not getting the proper nutrition to make or send the signals that we need to send. And that in itself makes us feel like something is incredibly wrong with our heads.
0: Well, we'll make sure that we uh, put that link right on our website, which is seniorgames.net. If you can remember seniorgames.net, we'll go ahead and Put a, a couple of these links Perfect. to the TED Talks that you're talking about. Perfect. You're listening to the Husband World Senior Games Active Life, and we're talking with cognitive wellness specialist Kelly Charlton about brain health. She's got a six point checklist for us to make sure that our brain stays healthy. We've talked about the first two. What are the next four?
2: Well, of course, physical exercise is critical. Gotta have right? it. Right? And you guys are such huge proponents of that. And I absolutely love it. And I'm in training right now. I'm going to do my first first games in the are fall. You really? Yeah, I'm super excited that is about what it. Do do? I'm going to do the, the mini triathlon. Oh, cool.
0: I am. We, we call it a sprint Spring triathlon.
2: I like that. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to yeah. jump in. Because
0: it's a real triathlon. Yeah,
2: sure. Why not? Yeah.
0: It's a sprint triathlon. Who
2: says I can't, right? You no, should. Sure you why can't. not?
0: That's awesome. The
2: next one is fatigue. And okay. fatigue is a huge issue for seniors because darn it i don't know what happens we don't get enough sleep when we make babies and have little kids what happens when we get you know older and suddenly we just can't sleep but the truth of the matter is this we have to have a minimum and there will be a link for a great ted talk on this we have to have a minimum of six hours now granted most people who have sleeping trouble don't sleep a solid six hours but if you can get at least Six hours in a day. Yeah. Your brain can at least heal.
1: So the cognitive is better, but the total is is important.
2: Total is much more important. I have a woman Mm -hmm. that I've been working with. She's been sleeping three hours a day. Which is not enough. For the last 18 months or so. And she's a wreck. She's in her 40s. She's a wreck. Yeah. And I made her do a few things. The phone had to go out into the living room. Yeah. Uh, The room had to be dark. Uh, and there are the other husband comes home. Do. She sleeps during the day because she works at night. Okay, is the husband Which would come home tricky. from work and yeah. check in, and she would wake up. I said no more Don't checking check in. Just know yeah, that I'm alive. Yep. I'm good. The door's closed <laughs> for a reason. And she finally texted me yesterday and said, I actually slept four and a half hours. So I didn't she's think making I could progress. Do it. So making progress. Yeah. In my
1: house, you have to hear the dogs too. The yes. dogs. The dogs can't be in the bedroom because they want to go out during the
2: night. So yeah, that was an issue for her as well. Okay, next one on the list is what I call medication management. And this is a big deal. As we get older, we start to take more medications. Seems like that's what
0: happens, right? It's unfortunate. Yeah.
2: Two things I want to tell you. The first thing is that every pharmacy should have on hand a pharmacist that can do something or perform something called the Medication Therapy Management Review. It actually gets paid for by Medicare once a year. So there's no cost to the client or the patient. And they can actually look at that medication and supplement list. And I have to add this. If you are taking medical marijuana or you are um, ingesting uh, any form of cannabis in mm-hmm. any potential way those drugs can actually get in the way of your medication it's very important that you're honest and open
0: bring that you're not going to jail
2: do not worry but your pharmacist and your physician need Need to to know know that you are mixing and matching very important Mm -hmm. one thing you need to know is that that medication is not just going into your gut it is eventually in every single cell including your brain cells and it can dummy down the cell so that the cell is not sending the signal or able to receive the signal the way it should. Mm-hmm. And so medication therapy management is critical. And I cannot emphasize that enough.
0: So you walk into your your pharmacy to pick up your prescriptions like many of us do. Yep. And you need to ask that pharmacist for... What's it called again?
2: Medication therapy management. And okay. it actually goes one step further than that. So you're going to have your counter pharmacist. Okay, right. The one that you dispensing talk to the medications, the, the checking yeah. you out, making sure that you're okay and you know what to do with the medication. Yeah.
0: Give you the little instructions. And, mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: But if you go into your pharmacy and you simply say to them, I think it's time for us to check what medications and supplements I'm taking. They'll know exactly what it's called. Okay. But you can say, write it down. It's called medication therapy management. Most private pharmacies, community pharmacies, have a medication therapy management specialist on staff. Okay. Our pharmacy, Stapley Pharmacy, does, but most of them will. Some of the big box pharmacies do not, and they're understaffed a little bit, so it might be difficult to get that. Yeah. You can still go into a community pharmacy, even if it's not your pharmacy, and they should be able to help you out.
0: So there's a centralized database that kind of tracks these medications on your behalf.
2: Yeah, they actually plug all the medications and supplements that you're taking into a program. And that program can help us figure out if there's any overlapping or underlying issues that we need to be but worried about. But you need to
1: make sure you bring all your, a list of all your medications in because they don't intuitively know what you're on. Right. You could give you th- they, only, they only know what's been filled at their pharmacy.
2: And the, the laws, the HIPAA laws, prevent pharmacists from talking to pharmacists and doctor... From talking to doctor, and sometimes even depending on where you are, sometimes even pharmacists talking to the doctor. So sometimes it's a challenge, right? So you have to be responsible enough as an individual to bring your list of everything in, including, and some, you know what? If you don't want to write them all down, throw everything you're taking into a giant bag. Just Walk <laughs> into the pharmacy and say, "I need help."
1: Including you mentioned, but including supplements, including so, over-the-counter supplements. Ca- over supplements. So that's right. something that nobody's going to know about, but you because you're just buying it at the, at the store on the
0: over-the-counter. So exactly,
2: exactly. Okay, uh, Helpful? sounds like
0: great advice. Absolutely. yeah. Okay.
2: The last one is sensory disruption, and many people don't understand this. The, the The obvious is that if I if I can't see, right? If I have macular degeneration or I have some other you know optic issue, if I can't see. I can't see. Right. If I can't hear, I can't hear. What? But what they don't realize, (laughs) very funny, Kyle, but what they don't realize is that if I can't hear, something's going on, I can't hear, and I don't get myself some hearing aids, another portion of my brain has to take over for the area that's not hearing. Yeah. And that is a really, it's a big challenge because it by itself can actually be the Precursor cause for dementia. It's all tied together. Mm. So we want to really make sure we don't put that off. You know, if you start to lose your hearing at 65, great. You're starting to lose your hearing at 65. That doesn't mean you're a bad person, doesn't mean you're going to jail, doesn't mean you're weak. Doesn't Doesn't mean mean, you're weak. Yeah. But you need to get it checked because if you wait 20 years, you've missed out on sometimes 30, 40, 50% of the discussions happening around you. And we don't want another part of the brain to have to figure out what to do with that sound that's coming
1: Sometimes in. that's not bad, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, call that, we call
2: that selective <laughs> yes, hearing. Thank you very much.
0: And most men <laughs> yes. will say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's so many things. And, and uh, we could easily do an entire show on hearing loss and, and the connection with the brain. But there are so many things. Not only is your brain not exercising and functioning in the way that it can and should... Um, there's social isolationism, which is a, which is a challenge as well. It leads to a whole bunch of other things, so many things. So six great things to, to consider as we, uh, you know, try to live the active life and take a look at where we're at with our cognitive wellness, our brain health. Uh, I love it. Yeah.
2: So I actually made that six point lifestyle checklist into a bookmark. Perfect. And so I'd like to just make a little plug. I have a little business i don't make a lot of money at it i go out and speak but it's called core Solutions center core solutions with an s center at gmail.com if you send me your email or not your email but your information i will mail you mail one you a two three i'll mail you a free bookmark
0: kelly that is awesome thank you so much for joining us today
2: thanks for having me
0: we're gonna have to have you back another time i'd love it wonderful jeff yes we're still at the beginning of a brand new year. Are we at the beginning of a brand new year, We're still Kyle? at the beginning. Wow, I mean, that's technically amazing. we've been a few weeks into it, but it's still the beginning. So if you're still looking for the perfect New Year's resolution, Follow why, Kelly's
1: example. What's that? Follow Kelly's example.
0: You could follow Kelly's example and choose to participate— That's right. —in the Huntsman World Senior Games this year. That could be one of your goals. If you're 50 years of age or older, you qualify. That's all that it takes to qualify. The dates for the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th. Team registration is actually open. And if you can believe it, in some sports, we've already reached our yes, participation caps. But you'll want to make sure that you get on a waiting list if you uh, have a team that you want to register. Registration for the athletes themselves will open on March 1st. In two and a half so months. Put that on your calendar. If you have any feedback for us about the show, please shoot us an email at life at seniorgames.net. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday. At 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Jeff, you know that you can subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. I
1: do. That's amazing, but you can.
0: And uh, once you've subscribed, you can give us a rating and write a quick review. You can really help us spread the word about the show and about just living the active life. And all
1: five star are appreciated.
0: All five star ratings are also very much appreciated. <laughs> you can also find this and previous shows right on our website. Once again, that is SeniorGames.net. So check that out. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day. This is a good one. You ready? I'm ready. The best view comes after the hardest climb. That's true. That is so true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.